Happy Friday, Playbookers. I'm Deputy Editor Zach Stanton. It is Friday, October 27th, and here's what's driving the day. Now that we're past the initial shock of Mike Johnson's ascension to become Speaker of the House, some of the major challenges ahead for him are coming into clear view. First up is abortion policy. Now, there's a provision in the Agriculture Funding Bill that would institute a nationwide ban on the mail delivery of Mifepristone, also known as the abortion pill. And that is at the center of a disagreement that is dividing the House Republican Conference. On the one hand, the vast majority of House Republicans favors that provision and wants it in the funding bill. And on the other hand, there's a small group of moderates in swing seats who oppose the provision and believe that including it in the funding bill will kill off their chances at re-election. Now, this is tricky for Johnson because he is a longtime opponent of abortion rights and is now in the position of trying to broker a compromise between these two factions, uh, which is essential to fund the government, but could also offer an early sign of how he'll navigate some of the divisions within the party while trying to keep his fragile majority together in a governing coalition. The other major challenge that's coming into view is the whole matter of impeachment. The Johnson speakership has sparked hope among the party's right flank that they'll be able to pursue the impeachment of Joe Biden to really keep their foot on the gas pedal. And, you know, they see the Louisiana Republican as one of their own. But again, there's a split with the moderate and frontline members, especially those who are from districts that Joe Biden carried, who see the matter as potentially poisonous and, again, ruinous to their chances at re-election in 2024. Again, this will offer an insight into how he's going to navigate these landmines while keeping together the two wings of the Republican Party at a time when the party has just the narrowest of majorities in the House. The big 2024 story today comes from New Hampshire. It's the filing deadline for the Democratic primary, and Joe Biden is getting some competition. I'm Dean Phillips, and I'm running for president of the United States of America. And I'm coming to New Hampshire to answer your questions. Playbook got a first look at his announcement statement, in which he asks voters to join him in, quote, declaring a new American independence, not from another nation or people, rather from the status quo, end quote. Joining me now to discuss Dean Phillips and his somewhat quixotic bid to become president, is national politics reporter Elena Schneider. Good morning, Elena. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing okay. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. So today we're seeing Congressman Dean Phillips from Minnesota throw his hat in the ring in New Hampshire to run for president. What is driving this? What is behind this sort of quixotic bid to unseat Joe Biden in the Democratic Party primary? I think it really depends on who you ask. But in terms of how Congressman Dean Phillips sees this, at least based on conversations that he's had with a number of sources who then I spoke with, there's a couple things going on. One there is this fervent belief that Joe Biden is potentially not the best candidate for Democrats moving forward. There's serious concerns that Dean Phillips has raised about his age. He he is 80 years old. We know that that is a concern for voters, and we've seen that borne out in public polling regularly, that his health is a concern for voters. And, and on top of that, that Dean Phillips believes or has told people that he hoped that Joe Biden would be a bridge to the next generation of Democratic leaders. And that's something Joe Biden himself said when he was running for president in 2020. 
But he has chosen to run for office again. And I think that Dean Phillips, at least in his mind, thinks that he should pass it on to the next generation, go home, spend some more time with his grandchildren. All of these things, all this sort of swirl concerns initially brought Dean Phillips, again, according to my sources, brought him to saying, you know, maybe if I raise this, this will sort of nudge somebody else into the race. And in fact, back in August on Meet the Press, he called for a moderate governor. You know, he said from the heartland, he's from Minnesota, so that makes a lot of sense, and would challenge Joe Biden. No one has done that. We've instead seen uh, almost total coalescing behind Joe Biden and his reelection effort. And so Dean Phillips has decided that even though this is a total loss Long shot, he's going to go for it anyways. But I do want to also pause here and say that that there's certainly some critics, uh, even his fellow members in the House, have been pretty sharply critical of what he's doing here. And some have certainly called it a Vanny project. Others have said privately they see this as a midlife crisis. And still others generally just call it a distraction and would really prefer this to go away. So at this point, it's it still depends on sort of in the eye of the beholder of of what this is all really about. What is it that we should expect as we see him mount this presidential campaign? You know, he's never run statewide. He's never run nationally. He's won a congressional race a couple times. Uh, but that's a whole order of magnitude different than trying to, again, to unseat an incumbent president in a presidential primary. What what do you expect? What are you imagining that he'll do in terms of the actual tactics on the ground to get his name out there and to introduce himself to voters? So Dean Phillips is launching his presidential campaign on the same day that New Hampshire's filing deadline closes to get on the ballot. So to say that he's starting late is an understatement. He's only got a couple of months right now to put together the organizational and financial muscle to compete in a statewide race, much less one that has hopes of uh, aspirations for being a national one. He has given himself very little time to achieve that. That being said, though, I've gotten some sense from from sources around his campaign and those he's talked to about what this might look like. And I've heard that there's going to be a lot of echoes to his 2018 congressional race, which is convenient for me because I actually spent some time with him back in 2018 as a candidate and watched him run for Congress. And his 2018 campaign was quirky and creative and kind of unusual, honestly, in sort of the way that he he ran it. He leaned hard into the retail aspects of it. I'll never forget watching him do a, a choreographed dance with some of his volunteers in front of a, what he called the government repair truck that he drove around his entire congressional district. And so it was very retail heavy, but on top of that, he also really leaned hard into digital. He was less interested in TV ads. He didn't want to go super negative against his Republican opponent. He just sort of was much more interested in sort of running a more unusual campaign. And so, again, I think that there are definitely echoes of that in this 2024 presidential race. We already know that the bus, the government repair truck, is likely to be back. A lot of the sort of even the the slogans are, are coming back. Everyone's Invited was a tagline that he used in 2018, and we've seen that 
previewed on the on the bus that that is currently driving around New Hampshire right now, um, the Dean Phillips for uh, for president bus. So we know that there's going to be real echoes here. But I think that his 2018 race and how he ran that does give us some real clues as to why um, or does give us some real clues into how this um, this bid in New Hampshire is going to look like. I think he's going to be very retail forward. We expect that he's going to take this bus all over New Hampshire doing all kinds of town halls and trying to meet people everywhere and generate buzz that way, which traditionally has been the way that we have seen candidates um, build buzz for themselves. Well, it'll be fascinating to watch. Elena, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. And for your schedule today, the Senate is in, the House is out, and President Biden has a pretty low-key schedule, but has a campaign reception here in Washington, D.C. I'm Zach Stanton. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend.